Good morning, good evening, and good night, my terrible listeners. You're tuned in to Terrible Sex with Nassim. I'm producer Dan, and each week I have the honor of bringing you registered nurse, aspiring sex educator, polyamory enthusiast, and true woman of the people, Nassim. Head on. She tells us stories, answers <laughs> our questions, and helps us feel more comfortable around our world's infinite variety of sexuality. If you've got a question for Nassim, call, write, or email her at terriblesexwithnassim.com. Hello, Nassim. Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm good. I will never get tired of that introduction, I have to tell you. I'm so glad. <laughs> I think it's the best thing I've ever written. Oh, that's saying something. I haven't written much. Okay. Then it's not saying a lot. <laughs> no, no. It's the best, but I've only written like two things. Okay. Uh, how you doing? Man, I'm pretty did good. Did you how are you? have a good weekend? Uh, I did. It was actually my birthday. Oh, well, happy birthday. Thank you. I got to see some family. I got to go to a concert for the first time in two years. Mm. And in general, I enjoyed myself tremendously, and I even got breakfast in bed served by a five-year-old. It was Love fucking it. rad. That sounds amazing. It was amazing. Thank you. So good. How was your weekend? I don't remember. Um, I Sounds like a rager. It sounds like a rager. No, um, my buddy and yours, uh, mm-hmm. our friend Scott, he- Good old um, Scott. Good old Scott. He's been um, fostering a cat. And so on Saturday, uh, Scott and I drove to Michigan and met up with my husband in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which will come up later today. I look um, forward to it. <laughs> um, we met up in Kalamazoo because it's it's a six-hour drive home, so we met halfway. Mm-hmm. Um, and we dropped the cat off to my husband, who is uh, going to take the cat. Well, has now taken the cat. So that was the big event of the weekend. Was Somewhere there's a joke about pussy. You not yeah, being I thought home about it too. And him taking something else home. I don't. <laughs> I can't. I, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but I just can't get it. There, there, there's a there's a pussy joke in there somewhere. I just can't quite can't quite get it. Um, well, good anyway. man. I'm glad your husband grabbed the cat. That sounds yeah, lovely. yeah. So it's it's her name is Smudge. Smudge. She's this little black kitty. She's very cute and very sassy. So I saw a picture of Smudge on Scott's shoulder. Oh, did you? I did. Real cute looking little cat. She is a cute little cat. Um, and she'll have a good home. It'll be good for everyone involved, I think. Good. And she getting along well with your old man now? Oh, yeah. She doesn't leave his side. Nice. Um, yep. And we have two other cats, too, who are very oh, yeah. interested. So he's got his hands full now. I'm not home to help him. So <laughs> good luck, buddy. <laughs> nice. Well, cool. That sounds like a real lovely weekend, and I'm glad that Smudge has a new forever home. Oh, me too. Me too. So, I mentioned Kalamazoo. Yeah, I've been there. You have. I have. Lovely Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. I went to college in Kalamazoo. Got my first degree there. All right. At Kalamazoo College. Very inspiring name. Was that part of the Kalamazoo Promise? 
Uh, you know, I don't know if it's part of the Kalamazoo Promise. I don't think so because it's a private school. Okay. And I believe the Kalamazoo Promise was for the public schools, like KVCC, the Community College, and Western Michigan, um, which are both public. But I could be wrong. I'm wrong about Ooh. a lot of things. Well, you you did not go there on the Kalamazoo Promise. That we know. Certainly not. No, I did okay. not. I'm not from Kalamazoo, but I lived there for a number of years. And visited on this one occasion that I'll about to tell you about. Was that continue? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So my husband and I started dating in January of twenty thirteen. And moved in together March of 2013 because that's what we did. <laughs> we we moved fast because young um, love. Because because mm, young lust. Quarter, you know, <laughs> and nothing better to do. Quarter quarter life crisis lust. <laughs> you know? So you move in together. Um, we moved in together but before we moved in together so this is february this is still very early in our relationship we're not living together at the time and it's valentine's day and now my husband and i his name is jar so i don't have to keep saying my husband jar mm -hmm. and i do not celebrate valentine's day we don't really celebrate not most even a little. not even a little most of the Hallmark holidays. Uh, not really, no. Okay. It's, not a, it's not a thing we do. For no other reason that we just don't care. <laughs> why, why only share your love for another person on one day? It should be year-round. Surprise somebody with flowers or chocolate or a blowjob like any day of the year. Not just on, on Valentine's Day. Fair enough. So, but on this occasion, and maybe it's because of this occasion we don't celebrate Valentine's Day, <laughs> uh, we were not living together, we wanted to spend time together, we didn't plan anything, and we decided to get a hotel room somewhere. But we didn't plan in advance, because we're not planners mm -hmm. all the time. And so all of the hotels near us were booked there was there were there was no room at the inn there was nowhere to find uh no vacancies anywhere except for Kalamazoo which was three hours away from where both of us lived so uh we he picks me up and it's very snowy February and we go to Kalamazoo and get a hotel room I don't remember much about this trip Except for having sex. <laughs> well, then it's going to work out great for the podcast. <laughs> yes. Because this is what happened. We have a, what I presume to be a very nice time. And, and I say I don't remember much of this trip, not because I was under any kind of influence or, of any kind. I don't even think that we drank any alcohol. Anything that happened during this trip has been eclipsed by what happened. Oh. 
I am on the edge of my seat. Post-coitus. <laughs> and maybe it's not that big of a deal. It had never happened to me before, and it has not happened to me since, but it has happened to other people I know. So I would like to get your input when we're done here about whether this is something that you've had experience with. I, anyway. I can't wait. I can't wait. So we are we have sex we do it like lights on missionary style nothing terribly like explicit other than you know fucking and at this time in our relationship because we were still pretty new to each other um and we weren't living together or anything we'd only been dating for about a month i think at this time we'd only had sex like maybe three times uh we were still using condoms Okay. okay. That was our preferred choice of protection. Mm-hmm. We have su- sex. Everything's great. He pulls out. The condom is not on him. And I look at him and I'm like, you son of a bitch, did you take that thing off? And he says, no, 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 no. I promise you I had a condom on the whole time. Okay. He's like, I don't know what happened. And so I get up, stand up off the bed. We start searching on the floor, on the bed, everywhere. There is not a condom in sight, used or otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) So I look at this man who I have been dating slash have known for approximately one and a half months. And I say to him, Jar, I'm going to need you to find it. And he says, how am I supposed to do that? And I just laid back, (laughs) spread my legs, and I'm like, dive in, baby. (laughs) Did you really say that? I don't remember. But (laughs) that was where I was going with it. Yeah. And, And I had tried everything prior to this. I... Uh, had tried, you know, going to the bathroom, peeing, pulling it out myself. And I was very, I was very embarrassed at the time. And I think he was too. And we're both scratching our heads about what to do about this. This has not happened to me. It's not happened to him. Um, I mean, it was the case of the missing condom. No one knew what to do. And I went to the bathroom. I'm... (laughs) squatting over the toilet (laughs) sticking my (laughs) hands up me but like i can't reach i don't feel anything um and so yeah i did say to him like i need you to go digging for it and bless him with a straight fucking face he goes spelunking and uh it took a while it took a while. Um, I want to say maybe an an hour between the time of discovery of the miss that it was missing to the time he found it. Okay, was about an hour had passed, um, and I just remember somehow, somehow it was still like there was still cum in it. <laughs> I was expecting it to be empty or something. I mean, uh, it didn't flip inside out while it was in there, apparently. No, it didn't. Um, 
but so it's you know it it went in and kept its shape i imagine uh and then maybe even vacuumed shut a little bit and yeah. then came out i mean it, it, there's nowhere for it to go honestly so and i'll get a little bit more into this later but so the cervix is sort of like i think of it as like elevator doors it opens under certain conditions okay. i.e child i.e childbirth yeah but otherwise it's a wall so nothing's getting past the cervix so it's not as though that this um this condom is going to end up in the womb or anything right 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 so it's like in the vaginal canal it's gonna bump up it possibly could bump up against the cervix or something but it's not gonna get down the elevator (laughs) and like into (laughs) the vestibule of the uterus like that's not gonna happen right um so i mean so there's really nowhere for it to go it had to it had to be there uh, so he now, pulls it me, out. Can I ask? Can I, can I can pause you for an anatomy question? Sure. It's been a while since I've been in junior high sex ed, and I'm uh-huh. trying to remember all the diagrams. Okay. We're gonna have to put a diagram in the show notes here. So sure. So the cervix works like elevator doors. So and that's let's the start... entrance to the womb, right? So let's start over. All right. Let's let's back it up even further. Yeah. Okay. From outside going in. Okay. Yeah. You have the vaginal entrance. Okay. So you've got your, and then you have the vaginal canal. Uh huh. Okay. And then you're going to come up to the cervix. Uh huh. And then there is a very narrow passage because it's, and it's, it's closed because those muscles aren't dilated. You know, when the cervix right. dilates during pregnancy, during childbirth, that's when the cervix opens. And then that's when they're down there checking and calling out exa- centimeters. Correct. Got it. Um, and on the other side of that narrow passage, on the other side of the cervix or the elevator doors, then you have your uterus. Uh-huh. And the uterus is the womb. The uterus yeah. is where the, the fetus lives. And attached to the uterus, you've got the fallopian tubes and the ovaries. Okay. So during impregnation, that usually happens, if I recall from junior high sex ed, in the fallopian tube. And then the egg works its way down and hooks up into the in, 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 into the womb, into the um, uterus. The uterus. Thank you. That's yeah, correct, so the ov- right? Yeah, the ovary releases the eggs, egg singular, um, and it makes its way down the fallopian tube into the uterus. And there's more to it than that, you know. There's follicle stimulating yeah, hormo- well, hormones and the junior but like high, the ge- junior high, junior high. Generally <laughs> speaking, it ends up in the uterus, and then sperm gets in there. Um, through the mostly because closed elevator doors. Through the through the mostly closed elevator doors. Got it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, back back to. But our... a whole ass condom is not going to get through the elevator no. doors. No. Back to our our Valentine's evening. 
I mean, that's basically it. He had to fish a used condom out of me. Um, what? Take me there. Take take me to the mood of the room. Was this all business? Was Panic. This panic? <laughs> it was panic because I, believe it or not, Dan, highly anxious person. <laughs> um, I don't especially, especially at that time. So... I immediately am thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get pregnant. I wasn't even thinking about STDs, but uh, I was mostly concerned about pregnancy and just freaking out. And what's um, Jar doing? What's, what's his reaction here? He is so calm under pressure, man. Nice. He just goes in there like, okay, we're doing this. Very clinical about it. Like, couldn't have asked for a better partner in that moment. What's um, the lighting situation like? Do we have to bring the lights up so we can get... I mean, the lights were already... I remember the lights already being on. Okay. Um, in the hotel room. Whether or not that's true, no recollection. All I remember is... A, pulling out, trying to pull out... <laughs> this condom in the bathroom myself and failing miserably uh and to uh trying every position that i could think of for jar to pull this condom out of me um which you know he did which is a good thing yeah um but you know i'm not the only person who's experienced this i recently had a conversation with a very good friend of mine who was having <coughs> relations with a gentleman friend of hers and the same thing happened condom got lost inside of her she was very nervous about it freaking out unfortunately he was unable to fish it out um it actually was i believe a couple hours later she ended up like it came out when she went to the bathroom okay um she voided it herself good for her um and i did a little bit of research on this dan and believe it or not, 30%. 3-0. Three, 3-0. Oh. That's just shy of one-third. <laughs> just shy of one-third. 30% of condom users you lose their condom inside a person during intercourse. So 30%. So this is not a 30% failure rate of condoms falling into their partner. This is 30% of people that have used a condom at one time or another have experienced this. And doing some research about this further, because I was just fascinated. How could this happen so often? Cause 30%, that's a, that's a lot of percents. Yeah. For something that's supposed to be effective birth control. Uh, it's because people wear the wrong size condom, Dan. Well, that's why I always use a zip tie on the condom after I put it on. So, <laughs> like a cock ring? <laughs> that's not true. I'm not endorsing no. that. I've never tried that. I think that's a, yeah, I it's do probably not. a terrible idea. Do, I mean, this is a terrible <laughs> podcast. Do don't, not don't use a zip tie that. around your penis unless you have... No, safety not, shears nope, or not, something. There's not a scenario in which you want to snip things off of that. There's, I no matter what can't. kind of shears you have, safety or otherwise. 
listen, there are lots of things that people do in the kink community that I can't speak on. Well, but I, I can, can tell but... you that we're not endorsing that. Correct. I endorse nothing. <laughs> we're endorsing nothing but just plain old regular terrible sex. <laughs> exactly. Plain old terrible sex. I do not endorse zip ties or any such thing. But anyway. I mean, do what you want. But Zip ties are for tying your friends up to bedposts. Not, sure. Not, not... wrapping around peni. <laughs> not securing a penis just just get the right size just get the right size get the right size and it's not just saying no it'd be easy for me to say oh it's well because guys are buying condoms that are too big which i think is often i mean potentially true because men think that they're bigger than they actually are not all men hashtag not all men but i think that not dan (laughs) some people (laughs) might uh be getting the wrong size uh, assuming that they're larger than they really are once erect. Or maybe they got or, them from the big fishbowl that they got at the, the counselor's office. Exactly. Who knows what sizes are in there. Exactly. You could go to um, any place that has free condoms and pull out a Trojan and not know, or a Dorex, which is probably more likely, and not know what the size is. And it's not like they're really marked and really who reads the packaging on a condom anyway i mean i don't i don't think i've ever read the packaging on an individual condom wrapper well except you for haven't sat around wishfully thinking about <laughs> wanting to use that thing for months pull it out of your wallet and take a gander every once in a while make sure it's not expired because yes <laughs> boys and girls condoms do expire that and... is true you do not want to use a condom that is past its date because it's not going to be effective. Nope. Not at all. Okay. So also if not just wearing a size too big, this can also happen if you're wearing a size that's too small because it can just pop off the end. So it's really important for the penis havers to, Use a condom that fits snugly, not tight, snugly, and it goes down the entirety of the shaft. It shouldn't stop prematurely above the pubis. The opening of the condom should fit all the way down the shaft, nice and snug, um, but should not be tight or painful um, when it's on. Um, I probably don't have to tell you this, Dan, but for our listeners, there's a brief premiere in how to wear a condom. <laughs> um, so that's the number one reason why um, a condom can come off. Well, let's talk for a minute, if we could. What's the best way that you can think of? Like, should you just go check out a couple different brands and see what feels good, what works? Absolutely. And then just keep buying that kind? I think so. I think once you find your size fit um, thinness, because they come in different um, thicknesses as well, once you find the one that feels best for you and for your partner, um, like for me, I don't care how well it fits you. Do not come at me with a ribbed condom. It's going to be a bad time for both of us. Um, so 
once you find the thing that works for you, stick to it. Um, it's like my dad with Coors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean, condom Coors. That's the same thing. <laughs> Personally, I'm a Trojans Bearskins kind of gal. Uh, we are not sponsored, but hey, Trojan Bearskins, uh, come at me. Um, those are... Those are that's terrible sex with Nassim.com. You contact <laughs> Nassim, phone, or email, voicemail, Snapchat, Instagram. It does not matter. <laughs> we'll be we'll be waiting, Trojan. Um, so those are those are my personal favorite. Um, but again, it depends on size. They don't come in. From my understanding, I have not seen them in like extra large. So if you are a well mighty endowed individual you might have to look for something else and there's lots of different like boutique condom brands out there uh that you can order online um i'm sure that there's you know even if you were to get samples go if you don't want to spend the money because condoms are expensive you can go to your local um uh Planned health department planned parenthood yeah yep. support planned parenthood your local planned parenthood your health department and get some samples try some different ones out you know um and see what feels good see what you like and that way that gives you a cheaper alternative to finding what works for you and once you get a little older you got a couple extra bucks in your pocket throw a few dollars back to planned parenthood at that point Take absolutely they need it man they're uh, they're a hell of an organization. They really are. Planned Parenthood has helped me um, several times in my life um, for just general general health concerns, not for anything even special, just f- for living. So heck yeah, um, yeah, it's a great resource for people out there. And so is your county health department. Make sure you're voting for people that support the county health department. Absolutely. These are not things we uh, want to stop and defund people. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. This is your show to see him. I just <laughs> I get passionate about taxes. I am for it, Dan. I'm for it. The health department is super important and super underfunded across the board. Every county, every state, they need more resources so they can help more people. Agreed. All right. Wonderful. Yeah. So that's my terrible condom story. <laughs> I like that terrible condom story. And look at you now. So so we're in the hotel room. Finally it comes yeah. out. Is it relief? Is it joy? Is that when you knew that this is the man you're going to marry? <laughs> uh definitely relief. I was Still embarrassed. For whatever reason, I took on the embarrassment as my own. If anybody should be embarrassed, it should be, I mean, nobody. But <laughs> there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Come on, Things Jar's happen. the one that lost the thing. <laughs> Jar did lose the thing. That's um, not your fault. No. It's just a fluke. Things happen. And what's great about it is we laugh about it now. Mm-hmm. Right? It's been nine years plus, and two of us just... He actually told me, he said, you should tell the condom story. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so uh, it's, a, it's, it's a funny story that we bring up at, like, you know, parties. and Family dinners. <laughs> family dinners. You know, hey, remember that one Valentine's Day? 
every time I go to Kalamazoo, that's all I think about. Um, well, it's all I'm going to think about now when I'm in Kalamazoo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. I uh, gave smudge to Jar and looked him in the eye and thought, the lost condom. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um it was definitely relief uh definitely uh lots of laughter in that moment too it was because it was very tense it was a very tense moment i was panicking and to have it come out and just be just that release of emotion like oh thank god this thing is out of me it it, it became a good laugh about it and i think there is a part of me that i hadn't thought before but since you said it yeah that is when i kind of knew that okay he's he's husband material nice well a month into dating (laughs) when when it's right it's right Mm. until it's not until it's not so has that ever happened to you have you ever had an experience like that dan uh i've had terrible sexual experiences but not one like that. I don't believe I've ever. Uh, yeah, no, that's that one I haven't done. Thirty percent. You're in the. You're in the. Ma- in the majority. Yeah. How does it feel to be a? How does it feel to be a seventy percent? I'm gonna get one of those seventy percent patches for my sweet motorcycle jacket. <laughs> <laughs> My condoms do not fall off. Maybe we should uh, we should get some 70% merch. Okay. Let's do that. I'm in the 70%. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting. Good story. Good story, Nassim. Ah, oh, thanks, Dan. All right. And with that, should we move on to some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, did you Questions. read these? Did you check them out? I skimmed them. Okay. I did skim over them and um, scratched my head at a couple. <laughs> we'll, but we'll get into it. We'll give it a whirl. Now, do you still mm-hmm. want me to read or do you want to read? Oh, you go ahead and read. All right. I like it when you read. <laughs> Good. It gives me something to do. Oh, let me readjust. I think I got a got a burp. Pardon me. Nice. Well done. Thanks. Dan. Thanks. All right. Here we go. Hey, Nassim. Spermicide and pulling out. Is this another form of good protection? I can't use birth control. I live with my parents. And with how clumsy slash forgetful I am and my brother stealing my stuff, my parents would eventually find out, which is what I don't want to happen. Anyway. Thanks for the reply. Uh, pulling out is now I've done it. I've it's a form of birth control that I have I've partaken in, and it's very uh, anxiety-inducing for me. Like I said, I am an anxious person. Here's why. Here's why pulling out is not the best form of birth control. Let's hear it. There's this thing called pre-ejaculate or pre-cum that it's a less thick, uh, less viscous, uh, 
fluid that is excreted by the penis um, during sex. And it happens, as the name implies, pre-ejaculation. Okay? So before before. you have... Yes. Before, prior to the big finish, there's a little bit of this pre-cum that comes out. Rappers think about it all the time. Do they? Oh, yeah. I guess I'm listening to the wrong rap music then. (laughs) Uh, So this uh, pre-ejaculate pre-cum does, in fact, contain sperm. So, if a guy is pulling out right when he thinks that he's going to come, there's a real good chance he's already got pre-cum inside you. Of course. It's pre. So It's pre. So, because by the time it's registered in his brain that, oh, it's, it's going to happen, it's coming, there's already some leaking out. And nobody's pulling out for the pre-cum. No one's pulling out for the pre-cum because part of pre-cum is lubrication. Yeah. It's revving you up. Yeah. That's part of the, that's part of the function of pre-cum is, is lubrication and to get everybody ready for the big game. And, uh, so pulling out while it may seem effective because, you know, you're not getting the, uh, majority of the volume inside of you. It in of itself is not. You're still. You're still getting something. There's still a possibility. Is it a small possibility? Yes, but there's. You can still get pregnant off a of pre-ejaculate. So what you're saying is, if your goal is to not get pregnant, pulling out is not a good plan. No, find something else. Do something else. Um, have a backup. This is actually kind of the theme today. Uh, have a backup form of birth control if possible. Um, so whether that's the pill, whether that's an IUD, um, something else. Plan B. Because you know, Plan B is a thing, right? Pl- Plan B is a thing. Um, it's not something that I would use regularly because it can disrupt uh, hormonal. Um, like the hormonal balance of a person over a long period of time. So if you use it, I mean, using it every once in a while is not a big deal. I wouldn't necessarily advise using plan B every single time you so have plan sex. B, not plan A. Plan B, not plan A. Exactly. Effective backup, That's, but not a primary in case, source. In case of emergencies. And actually going back to the condom story earlier, that is the the thing you need to do if that were to happen to you and your condom fell out um because you know some of that fluid could potentially can leak and if you're not already on any kind of backup birth control plan b is a great alternative and just for your own peace of mind when i had that mishap um in kalamazoo with the condom falling out inside of me we immediately went to walgreens and got um plan b um and it's really important to get those condoms out because after a few hours, because any longer than that, you have a risk for infection. You can have, um, you can end up with um, pelvic inflammatory disease, which is really painful and unpleasant. Um, on top of the other, because it's a foreign body. Now you have a foreign body that's stuck inside of you. Um, 
that, you know, your body is not going to be happy with. So you definitely want a way of getting it out. If you're unable to get the condom out, if your partner's able to get the condom out, you're going to have to bite the bullet and go to the emergency room and have a professional take it out. Got to go. Because it Not a thing you can wait on. It's not something you can wait on, especially not more than a day. You know, if it's been if it's been longer than 24 hours and it's still inside, you got to get that thing taken care of. Anyway, back to the question. Good advice. I meant I meant to talk about that earlier, but I got wrapped up in questions. So, pull out method, not great. Um, spermicide. I myself have never used spermicide. Um, it's a better. I mean, it's a better alternative. Um, it it can be pretty effective. Um, Is that like come in a jar? I've only seen that on like condom wrappers because <laughs> I read them. Spermicide is actually, yes. So spermicide is on condom wrappers, uh, on condoms, excuse me. Um, But it is also, you can get it in a tube. And you just like before sex, um, you would insert it into the vagina. um, And it makes it an unhappy environment for the sperm. Okay. I didn't even realize that's, I mean, I... I clearly didn't read the instructions on any spermicide that I've never had. <laughs> I didn't. Like I said, I myself have never used it. Um, I honestly don't even, I can't remember the last time I saw spermicide like on the shelves. It's kind of an older form of um, birth control, yeah, contraception. It feels like something that's from the 50s. Yeah, like spermicide, a diaphragm, um, a sponge. A lot of those are older, a little bit antiquated forms of birth control. Birth control. There are better options, um, such as you know, condoms are are great. Condoms are great because they serve dual purpose. Because no matter what form of birth control, whether it's the pill or an IUD or an implant, any of those things, yeah, they can prevent you from getting pregnant, but they're not going to protect you against any kind of STD or STI. So the most effective form of protection against that is going to be something with a barrier, such as a condom, um, either a female condom or a male condom. Now, I've done a little research here on the Internet. And Walgreens still sells a spermicide, but it's it's been rebranded. They don't just say spermicide on the outside. Vaginal contraceptive gel. Now, that tells me a little more about how this thing is used than I knew before our conversation today. But this contains the number one gynecologist recommended spermicide and prevents pregnancy. And it comes with applicators. Man. Yeah. We learn so much together. Well, I learn a lot. (laughs) I know I'm learning too. Um, And so I don't, so in terms of whether the spermicide or pulling out are good forms of uh, protection, Pulling out, no. Um, not a good form of birth control. Uh, spermicide, better. Um, I would even go a step further. Condoms uh, for barrier. I would also say, you say you can't take pills because of being forgetful. That's why I can't take pills either. Um, there's also uh, the Nuva Ring, which is um, like a 
it's not a disc. It's it's a ring, is what it sounds like. It's this flexible ring that is inserted by a doctor. Um, also, you could get what I have, which is the Nexplanon. It's a little. Um, it's like a flexible cylinder, small cylinder that goes under the skin of your arm, and it's hormonal. And that's and that's good for three years um, for of protection of uh, contraceptive capability. Oh, so that's similar to like a, a a shot or something. They just implant that for you for three years, and you're good to go. Yeah, it's like it's not a shot, but it is. It's like an, an it's an implant. Yeah, yeah. I call it my I call it my cyborg implant. Cool. Um, and it just goes in your arm. I can feel it, which is kind of weird. It feels really weird. But how big um, is the hole they have to make to put it under your skin? And do they numb you up? They put yeah. There's some lidocaine. Okay. They they give you a couple lidocaine shots, and then they inject it in there. It's a pretty small hole. Um, the worst part about it was like, so there's some arm pain and there was bruising that went down my, my bicep for a few days. Is it up on um, your bicep or is it at? It's yeah. It's like under my, like the fat of my, my bat wing. All right. My bat yeah. Wing. yeah. So that whole, that whole area just got pretty bruised and it hurt for a couple days. Like just, it was tender. And if I moved my arm the wrong way, it had like a sharp pain. But then after a few days that went away and now I forget it's there. So interesting. And then I, and then there's a peace of mind not having to think about yeah. it, you know? So I just have to know that, uh, in, well now it'll be two years cause I got it. St. Patrick's day, 2021. Um, so I just know like, yep. That's why I always have things done on holidays. So I don't, have to, <laughs> I don't forget like my, my wedding is on Halloween. So I wouldn't forget what day it was. Yeah. And, um, same with that time you lost that condom. You'll never forget what day that was. I'll never forget what day it was. It was Valentine's Day. So, And at the um, beginning, you told me you don't celebrate Valentine's Day. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So that's that's generally uh, my advice. If I were giving you a very brief premiere on, I think, some, con- I, on some contraception. I think it's good advice. Options. And listen, we've all been young and dumb. At least I was. You were probably less dumb than I was when you were younger. And I'm not calling our listener dumb. You're a wonderful, terrible I mean, listener. I mean, I'm pretty dumb now, Dan. But... Well, you're also wildly intelligent and uh, a great public speaker. But I feel like, listen, if you want to, if you want to start doing it. Some responsibility comes with that, and you got to be willing to talk to people, your partner, and at least some somebody, whether it's the person you're buying the condoms from at Walgreens or your doctor about other contraceptive options. You got to be willing and able to talk about those things, so that you can yeah, if you do the sex that you want to have and do it fun and do it safe. Absolutely. And because if you're not willing to have, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, if you're unwilling or unable to have these conversations with your pod, with your podcast, with your partner, <laughs> or start a podcast, or, or start a podcast, or start a podcast, uh, if you're unable or unwilling to have these conversations with your partner or with your physician, or if you're just not comfortable, maybe you shouldn't be having sex at all. 
it's a mature, there is a certain level of maturity and responsibility that comes with intercourse and, and, uh, because there are consequences, there can be. Um, and if you're not willing to put in the effort to protect yourself and others, uh, maybe that's not, not for you yet, friend. Um, but there's medical professionals out there. They'll talk to you. That's absolutely. their job. Absolutely. And, it, it, and, and it's okay to feel weird about that. That's allowed. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with feeling weird about it. I mean, it's like we've said, sex is absurd. It's ridiculous. It's, a, it's an absolutely insane concept. Um, but there are people out there who are trained and have the resources, have the knowledge, and are more than happy. They're paid to give this information to you. So and they have means, had weirder conversations than you could ever possibly imagine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if you think what you're about to tell them is strange or weird they've can top it absolutely they nothing you tell anybody is going to be a surprise also and i don't know the age of this listener but they did sound kind of young they live with their parents they're young they they're young but if they're like under age of consent young like if you're you know 16 years old 15 16 years old like you know hanging out with your high school sweetie um, and you can't talk to your parents about this and you can't go to like the family doctor. I mean, Planned Parenthood yet again. Oh, Planned Parenthood. Uh, that's what I'm making those donations oh. for. So you can yeah, go have Planned those Parenthood. weird conversations. You can have those weird conversations with the p- folks at Planned or at the health department. They will help you, um, completely confidentially. So, um, that is important to know. It sure is. All right, moving on. Hi, Nassim. My girlfriend's birth control prohibits sex. She's got a coil installed so we can't have sex. She's been giving me regular oral. How do I spice things up? And also, how do I spice things up when we can have sex again? I'm very confused by this question. Me too. That's why I posted it. Because I... So the coil is the only form of birth control that I could be that I could think of as a coil is an IUD and an IUD. You can have sex within 24 hours of installation. Yeah. So long as you know, the lady's not like cramping and totally in pain because getting an IUD inserted is terrible. So I don't understand this question saying that they cannot have sex because of her birth control. Somebody is not communicating. Well, when I, Google the coil. Yeah, it's an IUD that's popping up. Yes, yeah, so you've got. I, I imagine some some copper spring that basically yes. worked like so, a chastity belt. So that's not what he's talking about. Is what you're saying? No, that's not what he's talking he about. He or she I think is talking is about probably probably talking about um, a copper IUD like the Paragard, potentially a, a progesterone one like the Marina, but. Either in either case, you could have sex within 24 hours of those being inserted. Or maybe um, his partner's not ready, and she's using that as a reasonable excuse to not be ready. Which is, I can understand that absolutely. But if that's the case, you girlfriend needs to have a a real conversation with her partner, um, like. Yeah, I, th- I, mean, I, th- I, think, I think the real thing here is that everybody needs to communicate. People definitely need to communicate. There is something, there is something, 
head scratchy happening in this relationship and I don't love it. Um, and, but who am I to judge? Uh, I just think that, you know, be really open with your partner, um, and tell them like, look, I'm not ready for vaginal intercourse right now. Um, I'm happy to, you know, perform oral, but maybe another time. And in terms of spicing things up again, talk to your partner like what are the thing and what like what does spice mean because spice to one person can mean different thing than somebody else exactly right you know if can i pull them let me let me let let me give this kid some advice if i may i please please your show but i got a thing to say to this kid (laughs) all right so young man i I'm, i'm i'm assuming this young lady is gifting you oral on the regular. How do you spice things up? You pay her back. You say, what can I do for you? And you'd be willing to fucking do it. That's how you can spice it up. And you got nothing to complain about. If she's giving you oral on the regular, you take it as slow as she wants with anything else. That's all. Excellent advice, Dan. Couldn't have said it better myself. Wouldn't have said it better myself. You would have been nicer about it. That's perfect. Sometimes, <laughs> you know what? Sometimes we don't need to be nice when the truth is right there. Um, yeah, reciprocate. Be patient. Um, because here's what I find interesting. If this person is not ready, like this person, this partner of yours is clearly not ready for anything more than beegers right now or oral sex. And you are already trying to escalate to something spicy. Like <laughs> there's a whole, there's a whole other level of miscommunication happening. A whole other level of people are not on the same page. And whether somebody is too scared to talk to the other person, I don't know. I'm not inside the relationship, but uh, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. Dan. You'd be thankful for what you got. And you pay it back. Be a good listener. <laughs> you tell them. For fuck's sake. <laughs> I've had enough of that guy. Let's move on. Sounds good. All right. Oh, this is a long one. All right. Hi there, Nassim. I'm currently worried about myself. I've had a sexual partner before. We used to have sex a few times a night with no problems. Other than me not being able to get an erection on my first time. First time, that's it. This went on for a few months and I was fine. Then we broke up and I recently encountered another girl like a month after. So we go to have sex and I can't get it up straight away, but eventually do. But after that, I ejaculate very quickly. So I think, oh, that's never happened before. Two days go by and we do it again. This time I get an erection, but it just won't go in. We eventually do. And then I finish quickly again. Question mark. I'm so lost. Question mark. Is there something wrong with me? Question mark. That's an appropriate question mark. Are me and my partner not very compatible? I feel sorry for her because it's her first time, but I just don't know what's happening. This never usually happens to me. Inappropriate question mark. Please, Nassim, help me. Thanks. (laughs) The question marks are what really got me. Um, So a lot happening here. Um, I'm, the short answer, no. There's nothing wrong with you. 
Um, aside from not uh, asking your partner how they're doing, when you initially said that you got hard and then it wasn't able to go in, to me, that's a flag. That flags me to say, oh, you're the girl that you're having sex with wasn't ready. Like her, yeah. she was physiologically not, uh, she either wasn't engorged or cause people forget about engorgement, which I'll get to. Um, she either wasn't like, wet enough. <laughs> she, uh, wasn't wet enough. So she had no lubrication. She wasn't, um, engorged. So she wasn't, um, fully, uh, open and accepting of said penis. I can be hundred percent wanting to bang, wanting to bang, ready to go. And for whatever reason, my partner will like try to put his dick in me and it like won't happen. And that's because sometimes there is a brain and body disconnect. Sometimes the body is just not listening. Sometimes it's just like, nope, not today. <laughs> um, and so it's important for you to figure out like what is is she turned on is she turned on do you think she's turned on is she actually turned on have you done any foreplay foreplay is huge because foreplay isn't just about uh her it's also about you you can get turned on more and get a stronger erection with foreplay uh and then she can also have a uh she can have her body more ready to um accept penetration um and foreplay is different for everybody but you know touching is huge um not even necessarily i call it sexual touching where you're like touching genitals but just but more sensual touching especially for women is very powerful erogenous zones um we could probably do a whole i could do a whole separate podcast about foreplay um so is there anything wrong with you? It could be called Terrible Touch with Nassim. Terrible Touch with Nassim. Um, the bad touch. So she, it's not necessarily that there's anything wrong with you physiologically. There's probably something going on um, mentally where you're, uh, either your mind's not in it or her mind isn't in it. Or it's just one of those things. Sometimes you just can't get it up. And, and or it goes away and that's okay like th- these things happen and looking back at this letter this is this has happened before you've got a history of this your brain seems to get in the way of what your dick wants to do sometimes and that's okay it happens and when it happens there's nothing wrong with just taking sex off the table if that's if that's the thing that's adding so much pressure to your brain and you're getting in situations that like keep snowballing in your head and then continue to add to this you know that's continue a, to play games with your dick then just take it off the table say girl tonight's about you and then that's a fantastic point yeah. fantastic point um because the more we think about it the more we want it the less likely it is to happen. oh my god brains are the worst so, so the worst so take it off the table and you know you can always come back to it try something else uh do a little more cuddling maybe watch a show uh do some other touching maybe do some oral and then eventually you can circle back around maybe or maybe not at all um and try again later it's okay 
It's okay. Your dick will still your dick will still be there. Your dick's it's gonna fine. be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good answer to a convoluted questions with a lot of question marks. So many question marks. <laughs> All right. Let's do one more, Nassim, if you got it in you. Okay. I've, well, <laughs> maybe later, Dan. <laughs> no, I, yeah, let's go. All right. Dear Nassim. Okay, so I'm so sorry if this sounds too medical, but I'm getting crazy about this. It has been occurring oh, lately. And it's a hell for me because I don't have a sex partner or anything of the sort. Is there a term for the time? Is there a term for those times when a person with a pussy wakes up with this need of running against anything? Question mark, question mark. I'm depressed. So I think my body is trying to release itself in any way. But this is so frustrating. And I want to research about it and how it to make it less frequent. So if you know anything about this. Help me, Nassim. You're horny. (laughs) Like, the end. You're horny. And it's worse because you don't have a partner right now, a sexual partner. Um, I'm curious what your masturbation regimen is. Like, do you masturbate? If you do, how and how often, how frequently? Um, What implements are you using? Um, Do you watch porn or or partake in any kind of porn pornography or erotica uh like there's so many questions that i have so many variables that could be uh contributing to this um and in terms of like so my gut instinct is to say just just masturbate just masturbate now now is that gonna is that going to diminish the frequency oh no because the more i masturbate the hornier i get but um I feel like this need that you have is definitely something that should be quelched uh, if it's bothering you so much. Um, if you feel like you need to be touched, um, I mean, I mean, masturbating fixes everything, so, in my opinion. So, a person with a pussy wakes up with this need of rutting against anything, like. Rutting just means like rubbing against stuff, right? Like just yeah. Like, like she wants to, she she wants to like yeah. I just the, imagine this, this running around humping stuff. This particular pussy haver wants to yeah rub against everything. Yeah. They're in heat. They're in yeah, heat. Rubbing on the couch arm and edge of the bed and you know who light post. I don't know. <laughs> so, exactly that. So if I gather. Uh, like I there's nothing you're saying there's nothing wrong here and no like your body's just needing it so so masturbate and see if that makes you want to rub against inappropriate things like light posts a little less yeah <laughs> if, i think masturbate masturbation will cure all ills and if um, you got a light post in your actually, house in a private place or yeah, maybe that's just your thing i'm not judging anyone i'm i <laughs> You keep going, Nassim. I'm not doing a great <laughs> okay. job. I'm We're just not trying endorsing to figure this thing out. Light posts. So, masturbation will release the endorphins and the oxytocin and all the things that are going to increase your and the serotonin. It's going to give you the happy feelings. Um, so, if 
if you're a depressed person, uh, as you alluded to in your question, um, master regular masturbation will uh, help. Not to say that it's a cure. I'm not endorsing any kind of like cure for depression by any means. But, um, but bringing out it some endorphins al- it can, certainly can't hurt. It can't hurt. Um, now, the fact that you're even having a libido at all while depressed is frankly pretty impressive most people with depression due to um feelings about themselves and also medications can greatly decrease libido um so the fact that you have any kind of horniness is commendable um so absolutely i think i think masturbation will help you immensely um if there's a reason why you aren't doing that I'd be interested to know why, um, because uh, again, boys and girls, uh, there is nothing wrong with masturbating. It's it's perfectly healthy. It's perfectly normal. It is good for you. It is um, it is not dirty or unclean. So, by all means, touch yourselves. Um, and that's. That's my answer. That's the short. That's the that's that's my answer. I'm sick. It was not short, but it was great. (laughs) They never are short, Dan. Man, ain't that the truth? We're already past an hour on this one, Nassim. Wild. It flew by. It did fly by. It did fly by. But I enjoyed it. I certainly hope you did. Sure did. Always. And to all our terrible listeners, I hope you did as well. Thanks for sticking it out with us. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Shall we call it a wrap? That's a wrap. Let's do it. That's a that's that, that's a condom wrap right there. <laughs> oh, that was rough. Did you think so? I, I thought it went well. I, I, I thought it was no. rough, but that's get okay. out of here. I I always think it's rough. So. Nassim wants all her terrible listeners to know that although she is a medical professional, she is not your medical professional. This podcast is not medical advice. If you want medical advice, please seek out your very own healthcare provider. Terrible Sex with Nassim is part of the Terrible Podcast Network.